0: Let us pray. O Father, you have brought us into the body of Christ. Thank you for the gifts you give to those who have served us in many and various ways. We are haughty, disruptive, full of dissensions and sinful ambitions. Enlighten us with your gifts and empower us to be living sacrifices that we may humbly use our gifts to serve others in humility and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear fellow redeemed, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is the Epistle Lesson from the Epistle of St. Paul to the Romans, the 12th chapter, beginning at the 6th verse. Please rise. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. To preach God's word, or the true Christian faith, and yet to please the world, to be on good terms with it, and to be praised by it, is impossible. Luther writes, It is not well with a preacher if he has peace and is not troubled by someone. It is a sign that he does not have the true doctrine, for it is the way of this doctrine that it must be assailed. God preserve us from preachers who please all people. Christ himself confirms this, for he says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But this doesn't just apply to those who are in the public ministry. It applies to all Christians. For all Christians must confess a faith at which the world shudders. The true doctrine of the Bible, the teaching of the creeds and the catechism, and our confessions in the book of Concord, all of this that Christians must confess will mean that Christians will be considered fools by the world and our faith will be considered a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. But a Christian shouldn't pay too much attention to this. Think instead, if the prophets and the apostles and Christ himself had to let themselves be mocked as fools by the world because of their confession, why should I want to have it any better? You are redeemed by Christ who humbled himself to persecution, to crucifixion, For your salvation. And therefore you also bear your cross and follow him to glory. And yet the Christian also has the holy duty of doing every possible thing to see to it that he is not guilty of causing offense by this teaching in faith, but instead to seek to bring those around him to that faith, to seek to cause them to see the truth of it. In other words, a Christian has the duty not only to confess his faith before the world, to stand staunchly and firmly in it, but also to vindicate it before the world, to defend it. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So those who prophesy or speak God's word should do so in proportion to our faith. That is, they should explain scripture in such a way that it harmonizes with the entire doctrine of Christian faith. Those who minister or serve, those who teach, those who exhort or encourage, those who give, those who show mercy... All should faithfully administer their duties. So here's the first way by which Christians should vindicate their faith before the world. That is by diligent faithfulness in their office and calling in their vocations. Sad to say there are many who seem like zealous Christians as far as their personal piety is concerned. But they are negligent and unfaithful in keeping their callings. They suppose that the essence of Christianity is praying, reading, going to church diligently, keeping away from the temptations of the world and pious talk. But they commit a great error. If the world sees people like this who boast of the faith, indeed showing a great zeal for such seemingly holy exercises, but they are unfaithful in their day-to-day work, being bad fathers and mothers, bad husbands and wives, poor workers and so on, the world thinks that the things of the faith of a Christian— are useless and hypocritical. Dear friends, show how the Christian faith instead makes the best fathers and mothers, the best husbands and wives, the best employers and employees, and then we vindicate our faith before the world. But even the worldly people can be faithful in their callings in this way, so the apostle continues and demands even more of Christians— let love be without hypocrisy abhor what is evil cling to what is good be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit according to God's word Christians must reject and condemn the wisdom of the works of the world that's why the world considers us loveless and intolerant how can we disprove this? Christians confess that God loved the whole world so much so that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But what is the world to think of Christians who confess this faith but show no love toward the, even the greatest sinner in the world? Christians confess that we have all become brothers and sisters, children of one Father in heaven by the new birth in the Holy Spirit. But what is the world to think of Christians who behave in an unbrotherly way, disrespectful, cold, and contemptuous toward one another? Whoever does this disgraces his confession of faith and becomes really a hindrance to God's kingdom. Instead, prove to the world that you have love in your heart for it a true, sincere love that shows itself with word and deed, a love for friends and enemies. Prove to the world. That when you point out its sins, it's not out of hatred, but out of mercy and sympathy. Prove to the world that you are ready with your help in every need, and you never become tired of showing love. But also prove to the world that as you are united with one faith, you are also bonded by one love. That you love one another as true brothers and sisters. That you also honor one another highly as children of the Most High, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, as brothers and sisters of God's Son, prove that you are fervent in this love. Let your light of love shine before the people of this world so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And still more, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. We know that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. If Christians in trouble show discouragement, hopelessness, and impatience, if they neglect their brothers and sisters who are in any trouble... If they repay evil for evil, taking even a petty revenge, don't they bring disgrace and dishonor upon the faith that they confess with their mouth? Keep this in mind. The time of trouble is an opportunity for you to let your faith shine before the world. Prove to the world that during times of trouble, it is without hope. But your faith will not descend fully into despair. You know your suffering leads to glory death leads to life prove to the world that you don't have only a fair weather faith or a fair weather bond with your christian brothers and sisters instead this bond becomes firmer in trouble so that when you see your fellow christians suffering in their faith you give them greater honor your property is their property your home is their home And in trouble, prove to the world that your faith not only keeps you from taking revenge on your enemies, but instead makes you love them, blessing them, praying for them. Like St. Stephen, who prayed for Christ's forgiveness upon those who were hurling stones at him. What a beautiful gem this behavior could be for the offensive gospel, so that it appears even more to the world as something lovely. One more thing. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Christians should vindicate their faith by mutual harmony and humility. Nothing is more offensive to the world than when they see dissension and pride ruling those who call themselves Christians. Christians. And the world is not wrong to take offense in such a case. We Christians confess that by one spirit we were all baptized into one body and have all been made to drink into one spirit. And also that we deserve nothing but God's wrath. That we earn nothing by ourselves but receive everything by grace. What a challenge to unity and to the deepest humility that is. Show your unity to your fellow Christians before the world. Show that you rejoice at the good fortune of your brothers and sisters, and you are saddened by their misfortune. Let no discord arise among you. Let no bitter root of secret hatred and subtle hostility grow up in you. Pray that God would unite your hearts. And remember that this unity cannot remain without humility and self-denial. Pride is the mother of all discord, for it will not give way. It wants to carry out its point, and it will not forgive. Do not set your mind on high things. That is, do not think how you might become exalted and greater and more respected, but instead how you might become smaller, more insignificant, nothing in your own eyes. For this is the mind which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. As members of Christ's body, all this is the power that Christ has given to you through the Holy Spirit. You received the Holy Spirit when you were washed in the waters of baptism. Cleansed of all your sins by Christ's blood and filled with his righteousness. You receive his power again each time you eat the Holy Supper, the body crucified for you and the blood Christ shed for you for the remission of sins. This is food for your journey here so that you are strong to present the holiness of God before the world. Yes, as Christians, we do fail. But there's even room for this here, too. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You have forgiveness here. Even by coming and receiving what is offered in the divine service, letting that be the foundation of all your vindicating witness of the faith to the world, that humble reception is the greatest witness of grace itself. The Christian confesses with Luther, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified, and kept me in the true faith. Remember, my dear Christian friends, coming to Christ as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He blesses you with his life in your work, your love, your suffering, and your unity. In Christ, you are made holy lights before the world. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.